You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you could like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break and I'm chuckling for a second here. I'll tell you why in a second. It is truly appreciated. And before we get into today's meeting of the minds, so to speak, on the second half of the season, I want to go ahead and first say, you know what? A big thank you to, <laughs> I guess it's uh, he, HS, he, money, money. Uh, I can't really get that, you know, I can't really get that name right, but uh, I want to say, you know what? I do appreciate, first off, you giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That it goes without saying, so we do appreciate it. But <laughs> your review has been the source of conversation here ever since because uh, I want to go ahead and tell this on the air because it is a five-star review. Oh, man. It starts off with the title, Fire the Old Man. <laughs> He's rude, cuts everyone off. He has Skip Bayless-esque. <laughs> that's actually a lot of money if you said that's the way but right that's not a yeah, bad that's not a bad thing that's millions of dollars i dare for you but you know espn tried to get him back but couldn't do it didn't have right. the money skip right. bayless well skip bayless-esque talking points he's dragging all of us down cut him loose his boomer opinions are not congruent with the rest of the cast which is true and i will give you that <laughs> and, and he's rude about establishing his opinions well, yes, he is rude. He is a little overbearing, but the fact is he is 78 and he can't hear any but one of us when we talk half the time. So that's okay. He, you know, we just, we're patient with them. We're patient with them. I don't think he's rude. I do. No, he does. I don't but sometimes it's, sometimes it's just because he can't hear you because when he starts talking, when the motor gets running and running and running and running, he can't stop. So it's okay. Look at Tom just has a lot of passion and ideas. That's fine. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It says, no room for him. Trim the fat. Fire the old man. All right. Fire old man Tom. Well, it's actually fire old man Laker Tom, but I will say this. Oh, man. Tom has been an incredible part of this show and his platform, Lakerholics.com, I, I have a great fondness for and thank, cannot thank enough for allowing us to, to share that space with his community. Second of all, I kind of like the fact that there is an opposing view a lot of times with us and i know we've gotten into arguments before on the air and it's become it's become harsh at times i have said since the beginning of the year that i wanted to become a little bit more patient with tom because you know he has his views and sometimes it does create a lot of interest in fact there's a lot of people out there on the reviews that sometimes don't like what we have to say with jamie myself and sean's has to say well, I, well, 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 well you know it's just me and jamie <laughs> I don't, yeah, I've got. I've read you've let us before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah Sean I, hasn't I, got I, it. He's he's good so far. Yeah, maybe on historians might actually get him, but you know, because you know, since he's our historian here, but I will say this: I, I do appreciate again the five star review and your comments. I do also want to go ahead and say that he is staying on for he's staying on for as long as he's like. <laughs> I just am going to be a little bit gentler with him in the future. Because, you know, I don't want to be the one like, there were times when I was seriously scared I was going to put him six feet under, that I would be the cause of it. And that we would all have to go to Laker Tom's funeral, and that Magic Man and Jamie would be standing beside me, both giving me the evil eye, and I'll say, what? What? I'm sorry. 
Jared Dudley is not the best 15th man in the league. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm, I'm being a little bit gentler, being a little more patient. But, yeah, Laker Tom is who he is, and that's why we love him here. He does have a differentiating oh, opinion, and that's fine because I, I don't always want a show where it's, okay, I agree, you agree, I agree, you agree. It's nice to have an opposing opinion, and Laker Tom does love the Lakers. He's passionate about the Lakers. He sees the Lakers in a different color shade of glasses than probably any one of us. He sees it in the way a lot of Laker fans out there on social media see it, as far as the Lakers really can't do anything wrong. We like to look at it a little bit differently sometimes, and that's why we get into arguments. But again, Laker Tom is a valued member, and I I do appreciate the five-star review. And if you don't continue to listen because of Laker Tom, I'm going to have to say – I'm sorry. Laker Tom is just uh, too great of a part of this program, and I'm welcome to have him aboard. But I do thank you again for listening and that five-star review. Sean, I know you had a comment before we go into the show. Yes, I did, Gerald. I I was going to say, as far as contrarians go, yeah, Tom Tom just gives his opinion. And I think the big – Well, it's got his picture in the dictionary under the word contrarian. I just wanted to let you know. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I I would say that would – be the big difference between Tom and Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is a character that is under contract with Fox Sports. Laker Tom is a real person. That is the uh, huge difference. That is a huge difference. And yeah, right. We talk, you know, Skip Bayless has got said in the review. I mean, Skip Bayless is he he's actually paid and compensated to think the way he thinks and whether or not he actually in real life thinks that actually the same way or all those crazy things that he says, or he just knows it to go ahead and push buttons. Stephen A. Smith is paid and compensated millions of dollars, I'm assuming, from Disney and ESPN, simply the fact that he is going ahead and saying, you know, those hot takes and whatnot. And yes, Laker Tom has his hot takes, just like Skip does, just like we do from time to time. So again, we don't always agree on everything here at the Lakers fast break, but again, and, and I know a lot Laker Tom, just because of, again, he, you know, he is who he is. Uh, does take over the conversation times but again that's that's why he is who he is he's, he's such a great personality and we are happy to have him board and again glad to have him part of the broadcast so you know as long as laker tom wants to say and we haven't kicked him out he's he's gonna stay here for as long as he wants so you like that laker tom is that okay <laughs> gerald you you can't you can't put yourself out there unless you're willing to take the hits that come with it oh i always um, do I i'm always glad do. i'm I'm glad at least that I got a response from somebody in that particular case. Um, And I will admit there are times when I come off rude. It's the nature of my personality. Um, We may get into that later in one of the discussions that uh, we have lined up for today. And we'll talk about it. It's not Gerald Dudley. It's not Gerald Dudley, but we'll we'll approach that when it comes at a time. But I would say that uh, what you may not have seen on the show is Every time that I have really gotten into it with Gerald, I've apologized afterwards. Same thing with Jamie or, or Sean. People who may have followed the early days of Lakerholics.com might know that Sean and I used to be at our throats at each other. Um, he's quit the blog probably a half a dozen times, and I've kicked him <laughs> off a half a dozen times. Um, but, you know, I don't hold grudges. He doesn't hold grudges. We've become great friends in the the last few years as he's matured <laughs> uh, oh. and as I've, as I've, uh, I like that mellowed, shot there. Mellowed. Uh, the one thing I would object to is this constant attack on us old people, you know, and I am not 78 years old. <laughs> I hope to make it to 78. I hope to make it to 78 someday, but I'm definitely not there yet. Well, you're 77 but, uh, or 78. Thanks for the support. I, I appreciate it. And I will try. I will try not to interrupt everybody. <laughs> Are you seven? Wait, let's, let's clear this up. Are you seventy-seven or seventy-eight? Neither. Seventy-six. Oh, oh gee, that's. I was so far off. So I excuse me for two years. That's hey, a long time. when you're seventy-six, man, every year counts. A lot right, more than you think. I'm a quarter century behind you. That's still not too far away. So well, my dad lived to be 101. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, wow. and, and believe so, me, I want to make sure I, I keep you on that course. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. But yeah. I tell you what, it's going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We're talking about a lot of things going in as we head into the second half. NBA games have already started. The Lakers are heading into a game on Friday against Indiana. So we're looking forward to that. But we wanted to go ahead and touch on a couple topics today. 
First up is the Lakers themselves. Before we get into the whole buyout market, the whole trade market, I want to go ahead and talk about the Lakers themselves and where they stand heading into it. They're 24 and 13, third in the Western Conference, as I mentioned previously on our great podcast that we had on Saturday, which you can hear now on the Lakers Fast Break channel. They're 24 and 13, heading into the second half of the season. The schedule doesn't look that favorable for them, but again, this is Laker Tom style because you're going to get a lot of challenges coming up in the way. And as you ramp up your own play, they're going to get some challenges as it gets closer to the end of the season. But Jamie, I'm going to start off with you, my friend. What are you looking for as far as what the Lakers need to do and what position do you ultimately think they're going to be in when they finish the regular season? Not not talking playoffs, because I don't have that discussion right now. It's too early for playoffs. Too early. I, I agree. I would say they're going to be uh, probably right about where they are. I think it's going to be difficult based on the strength of schedule, based on the number of back-to-backs we have, based on the fact that I expect us to – I mean, if AD and LeBron are healthy and play all the games, I could see us climbing up to second. It's going to be hard to catch Utah unless Utah has an about-face. You know, it's it's some teams can – you know, follow a little flat coming out of the all-star break. You know, they had a lot of mojo going. It's difficult to sustain that with the break. So I still think the Lakers are going to end up, I feel like they're going to be third. I feel like they're going to be third. I would like for them to get as high as second. I don't want them to like break the bank trying to get higher. Like that's the thing. Ultimately the, the seating matters. I think only in so much as to chart our path, hopefully to the NBA finals. So, you know, Home court isn't what it used to be, but it's still it's it could be it could be happening, man. It could be happening. There could be fans in the stands even before the end of the season. I feel like so maybe not in California, but I mean, there's already other places. But it, it could happen. I feel like Sean, aka Magic Man, Mr. Sean Grice. I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on the, how the team will perform in the second half of the season. Again, the schedule is not very easy. I would do want to throw out to you, I know you've already probably researched this, but to tell everybody out there, you know, when it comes to comparative strength of schedule, the Lakers have one of the toughest strength of schedules left on the slate as far as any NBA team. Whereas Utah, because I'm really marking them, I'm putting Phoenix and the Clippers and the, and the Lakers in a lump right now, but the t- team at the top, Utah, has the easiest strength of schedule in the NBA. So I I think right now for me, I think the betting odds are on Utah remaining in the first position. I want to hear your thoughts though, on how you think the Lakers will end up. Do you think they'll actually have have a chance to pass and get into first place in the Western conference? You know, Gerald in a condensed schedule like this, there's, there's a possibility of Utah dipping a little bit, maybe losing five to six here, maybe seven of 10, and you see the Lakers kind of sneaking up there. It reminds me similar to the 2007-8 season when Charlotte and uh, the Lakers were battling for the top two spots. The Lakers ultimately got the first spot. Uh, Charlotte got the second spot. They played the Spurs, ended up losing. That was a big upset. So I, I think something like that is bound to happen in this West. From a historical perspective, here's what the facts tell us. So since 1947-48, they handed out the trophies. In the 73 years, 71 of the champions have either been a first, second, or third seed. There has only been two teams who have not been a top three seed that won the NBA championship. The first one was the Boston Celtics in 1968-69. They defeated the Los Angeles Lakers, unfortunately for us. And the second was the Houston Rockets, who were a six seed, who ended up upsetting the favored Spurs and uh, went on to defeat the, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the it Knicks. Was the, it was the Knicks. Knicks. Or was it Orlando or Knicks? Games. Okay. Yeah, that no, was the no, seven game against the Knicks. Are you sure it wasn't the Shaq year? Okay. No, it was, sorry, no, it was the Shaq year. It was was Shaq, okay, just want to make sure. I didn't know if, because I know there was that two-year period where Houston won back-to-back, and one was against the Knicks, and one was against Shaq-led Orlando teams. uh, I just want to make sure. Oh, I mean, Nick Anderson just just tore the heart out of Orlando. My God. Yeah. That and Dwight Howard couldn't make free throws, so they've had some tough luck in Orlando. But that's a good opinion right there for you from Sean. And, of course, Jamie, I want to thank you both. 
I also want to give a big shout out to Delbert Lynn Ammons for giving us a thumbs up on Facebook. But Laker Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on the second half. How do you think the team will progress? I know everybody's always saying, well, Laker Tom's just going to say it's a done deal. They're going to be first place in the Western Conference, la di da. But I just want to make sure that, that everybody knows he does his research. He looks out there and sees the landscape of what's going on. So Laker Tom, you know, I know you're writing it already for Lakerhawks.com, but what are your prospects for the team as far as the second half and where they'll end up? I think a lot of it depends on what they do at the trade deadline, to be honest. I think even though you don't want to talk about the playoffs, I think right now that the Lakers still, if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are still the team to beat for the championship. However, I think it's a, it's a pretty high bar to, to, to overtake the Utah Jazz at this point in time with uh, 32 games left and they, and they have a four-game lead. So I'd say that that's, you know, that's like a 10% shot. So I expect us to finish second or third. I don't think we'll fall to fourth. I, I don't think the Suns will be able to contain maintain their current pace. I think it'll be between the Lakers and the Clippers to be second and third. And I expect the Lakers to end up being second, you know, if everything, if, if, if LeBron and AD are healthy. I think if LeBron and AD, if AD hadn't gotten his injury, the Lakers probably would be clearly second now and possibly, possibly even very close to being first in the league. Um, we'll have to see, you know, it's, and it's the same thing, just as confident as I am that the Lakers with LeBron and AD at their peak are the best team in the league. We always have to remember that there's a huge element of luck that falls into it between injuries and players getting hot and the ball bouncing and so forth. You have to be lucky in addition to being good. Um, and that's the main reason why I think the Lakers have to make a move at this point in time uh, at the trade deadline to improve their three-point shooting, their rim protection, simply because otherwise they leave themselves open to being unlucky. And that's the only way that they're going to lose a championship this year. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Well, I, I think that the realistic shot of being in second place is is there. I think it's there for the Lakers to take. I mean, they're right there in the mix with the Clippers and Phoenix. I think Phoenix is playing at a higher level than what I think they'll end up being. I think they're just they're outplaying and outperforming what their I think their value is at this point in time as a team. I see them as a nice fourth or fifth seed, and I think they they've been very cohesive. They haven't had any injuries really. They've had, they've been pretty healthy. I think as long as that continues, they could they could have a big shot at second, but. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the Lakers, you see what happens once once one one major thing goes off the rails and you see what happens there. Same thing with the Clippers. The Clippers just can never keep it going smoothly because they've always have one of their key two members out of the lineup consistently. And the same thing goes for Phoenix on that is that if Phoenix suffers a major injury or at least a, like an even a two, three week period with Chris Paul or Devin Booker out, I see that shifting as far as it's concerned and I see the Lakers probably taking the best one to take advantage as far as second. I think first place is, and I'll get to you a sec, Sean, but I think first place is a tough thing to ask. Like you said, Laker Tom, I think it's a 10 to 15% pop probability. Utah looks good. Utah looks very deep at this point. They look like, you know, a lot of people have been emulating them to the Milwaukee and Atlanta teams of Mike Budenholzer as far as great in the regular season. So I think that's going to take place. I think Ursan Ilyasova is a great signing. For them, as far as the backups, you know, I think that actually it might be even slightly better than getting Blake Griffin. Uh, I mean, for the Nets, to me, be honest with you, because of the deteriorating skills at that point. But yeah. we'll see what happens there. And Elton Barrios, thank you so much for the thumbs up. We truly appreciate it as well. But Sean, you had something you want to interject with before we head on to our next topic. Yes, Gerald, you were you were mentioning the Clippers. I mean, at first, it, it, it was saying, you know, Paul George is missing the game because of back spasms. 
And then it turns out, <laughs> no, he drank too much coffee. I mean, this is this is just getting beyond absurd with this franchise. I mean, could you imagine Mike Evans of the Buccaneers walking into the quarterback room and talking to Tom Brady and Bruce Aaron just saying, hey, guys, you know what? I ate too many French fries last night, and I won't be able to play in the game on Sunday. Can you imagine I mean, the response? He wouldn't be getting the contract extension or whatever they did to the contract yesterday or today. They wouldn't be, you know, asking him to stay on the team because, you know, in football, they can just cut you and cut right. a big chunk cut of your salary yeah. for any industry. It's not guaranteed as guaranteed as they would like to say in the NBA. So I agree with you on that. It's just something that's very disappointing for Clippers fans out there, which, you know, we don't, especially Laker Tom doesn't have any sympathy for it. Uh, I just feel sorry. Sometimes very, very, I feel a lot of pity. I feel a lot of pity a lot of times for Clippers because I was there so and I see I. the sports arena. You know, I feel like the, the lost dog and say, oh, poor doggy dog, poor Clippers, Clippers. You want to kick yeah. them when they're down. They should have oh, stayed okay. in San Diego. Go back to San Diego. Laker Tom is going to, you know, kick them when they're down. But I will say this, uh, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers, I know they're both looking at the postseason. I mean, they're both clearly focused on trying to go ahead and, and do what they need to do, where they're like Tom, Laker Tom says, they're looking at what they can do to make changes and additions to the roster that will make them better for that period of time in May, not looking at what they're doing necessarily in March or April. So I get that, and I, I can totally understand that, which brings me into the next topic of discussion right now, and that is what I said before with Blake Griffin and early on, Ursan Ilisova. Blake Griffin, if you didn't know, you didn't hear, he – decided to go ahead and, and ditch $13 million of the remaining two years on his contract, which, again, Rafael Barlow and I thought well, that was totally crazy. Don't feel too bad for him. He's still got $60 million coming his way over the next two years. And with that, he's going to go ahead and sign a contract with Brooklyn. Actually, he already has, and he'll be uh, suiting up as early as Friday. I don't know what he has left, and think that's the big question. I, I think everybody around the NBA is looking at him and saying, what does he have left? I know Ursan Ilyasova, I think he was playing in Europe. Uh, after he did decided to leave the NBA, I think after his deal with Milwaukee came up, but he got re-signed to Utah. Those are two signings that were out there. I want to hear your thoughts on who could become available next on the buyout market. Tom, I'll go with you. And would they be heading to the Lakers? I know the big name is Andre Drummond out there, but I think Andre Cleveland's just gonna, as I hear from uh, you know the guys at ESPN, they're all commenting and saying that they're gonna hold on to him as long as they can for a trade. So I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, who will be on, on next available on the buyout market next, and would they be heading to the Lakers? There seems to be a lot of optimism from the Lakers front office, or at least that's what people are perceiving, that uh, that Drummond might be really interested in the Lakers. Um, I think they forget that uh, while Rob Palenka was his agent, he fired Rob Palenka. Uh, and also, you know, he's always been good friends with Anthony Davis. But I, I think that he's likely to – I don't think they're going to be able to get a trade, so eventually they're going to buy him. He's going to work – He's got $28 million on his contract. $28 million, so it's going to be hard. And, and he's a free agent too, you know. I mean, you, you trade for somebody for $28 million and you can't even be sure you can sign him. Lakers are holding out for him over Boogie, and I think that he'll end up going to the Nets, and I think that we'll end up signing Boogie. Um, and I like that deal for the Lakers better simply because Boogie can can body up against some of the other bigger players that will meet in the playoffs. He's not the defender that he used to be, but he's a volume three-point shooter, can shoot 35% and take six or seven threes a game and not at all be worried about that. He will become the highest volume three-point shooter that we have on the team. And I think there's great value in that because other than Philadelphia, every one of the other teams that we're going to be competing against make three or four, as many as seven in the case of Utah, more threes than they allow in a game. And that's a big disadvantage to try to overcome. So and that's, I think, the logical move. I also think that the possibility of a reason being bought out would be somebody who would definitely be a good addition to the Lakers. How about and someone like George Hill? The candidates that I see that I would have the most interest in as a buyout. Now, I wouldn't turn down Drummond if he wanted to come and play with the Lakers. I think that there's a he could fill a use. For one thing, uh, unlike JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, 
he can defend and block shots and but he's a great rebounder uh, and then secondly he's he can score he can score in a low post and he creates size problems for a lot of different teams so we'll see what happens though with the buyout market i'm not i don't think the buyout market is going to be enough to eliminate the luck factor that i talk about when wanting to have the lakers do something before the trade deadline and you got to remember, Andre Drummond is, I think, 28 years old. So right. he's still in the prime of his career. Uh, you're right on Boogie. I mean, you know, if we get Boogie, and uh, he goes, what do you want me to do, coach, as he's going to step into the game? <laughs> Can I shoot threes? <laughs> Frank Vogel will be, go right ahead. And be like, Boogie be like, well, that's okay. why AD, that's why AD loved playing with him, because yeah. he really stretched the floor for him that's, and opened up true. things underneath. Yeah. But that was a different boogie. I don't know if that boogie's ever come back. Well, He's only had one game this season where it was boogie-ish like with the Houston Rockets. But, Sean, I know you, before I hit it to Jamie, did you want to say something? I know you had your hand up. Yes, thank you, Gerald. Uh, the historian in me again. Um, let's go, let's flash back to 20, 2012, I believe. Uh, it was around this time. Baron Davis is on the Cavs. Uh, LeBron's trying to march to his first championship and Dan Gilbert calls Baron Davis up to his office. Baron's really surprised. He's like, the GM doesn't know that they're like, Dan wants to talk to you. So Gilbert basically tells him, I'm not letting you out of your contract because if I let you out of your contract, you're going to sign with the heat and LeBron's going to march his way to a championship. So you're going to sit on the bench and rot for the rest of the year. I could see him doing the same thing with Andre Drummond, even though LeBron did win him a championship afterwards. But, I mean, it's just the cold-hearted prick in Dan Gilbert that, that you can just never trust as, a, as an executive in the NBA. Well, there's still a, a very real possibility that Brooklyn might get Andre Drummond's services. There's also talk of Milwaukee. There's also talk of the Clippers. I, if he becomes on the open market because he's the best rebounder in the NBA or very close to it. In fact, statistically, he was the best in the NBA for this season. He was. You know, he is going to be someone who is very desirable out there in the open market. I mean, there I hear the rumors right now on ESPN that LaMarcus Aldridge is uh, available. Yeah, he can shoot threes, but... He's not going to be able at this stage, or at least hasn't at this stage, been able to give you much else. He reminds me a lot of Blake Griffin in that sense. Is you really don't know what kind of individual you're going to get without the, with the diminishing returns that's out there. But Jamie, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, I mean, is there anyone on your lookout for that as far as it's concerned? I mean, I said George Hill might be a possibility, although I think he's probably going to get traded. He's still probably someone that you can get picks for. Uh, I think there's uh, again Laker Tom suggested Trevor Ariza, obviously Drummond and Boogie. Or, you know Boogie's out there right now for anyone to get at this point. So who are you eyeing right now on the buyout market? I mean the buyout market's so hard, right? Because like once a guy's been waived, like Cousins has been on the open market without a team for going on a month now, right? Three weeks, a month, yeah. something like that. And there's nobody either he's waiting and there's nobody coming after him, or there's nobody coming after <laughs> I said Blake Griffin gave up $13 million just to get back out on the open market. Which is and, why he took probably... only, and he only took a million dollars from the, uh, from from the, the Nets. Nets. He could have gotten $5 million. Yep. Well, they're, they're hoping to get – that's what that's – that's the Andre Drummond money they're saving right for right there. That's what that's for. Or like an Ariza or another guy. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it happens. I just wanted to go ahead and say, Sean, I know you were raising your hand again. So what you had uh, before we go ahead and to hit up on trade possibilities. Right. Just just some closing thoughts on the, the buyout market free free agency there, Gerald. Um, a name that was floated around to begin this season was Dwayne Dedman. And he remains on the couch right now. And while he had a lot of skills that would make him a, a rotational player in the NBA, like you and Laker Tom and, of course, Raphael Barlow and Tim Legler and others have mentioned. His medical is a huge reflect. He's had um, an avulsion fracture. He's had stress tibia reaction problems. 
So this is a player that unfortunately, like Larry Hughes, who used to play with LeBron, just has an injury history where if you nick him, he could be out for for you know, twelve weeks. So I think it, it's very important looking forward if the Lakers do find a big man that their medical is pristine, clean, that you don't have to deal with those injuries like we're seeing with AD. And unfortunately, Marcus Gasol has shown himself to be a really slow caveman so far. Well, we'll see what happens there with the buyout market. But there's also the trade market, obviously. And, and I know we did talk about Boston real quick, having that huge trade exception that they have for the Gordon Hayward deal. I know some other teams have an advantageous trade exception as well that they have to, and in some cases, finish up by the rest of the, you know, by the end of the month. And if they don't use it, they'll lose it. So that's something to, to be aware of there. I want to go ahead and ask you, Sean, on this interesting trade target that you think the Lakers have a possibility of getting. I mean, we know about the the availability of guys like THT, Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, as far as their names have all been tossed in the trade rumor market. And I know that's something that I think a lot of people are looking at saying, you know what, take some of this, take some of that. We don't have much in the way of draft choices, but I want to hear your thoughts on a possibility on a trade target that you think is a good possibility the Lakers can get. That's correct, Gerald. We don't have the, the picks to trade, but so we have to look at secondary options, right? So you look at teams that have cap space moving forward, and two interesting teams are Houston and Charlotte. Houston, if I, I think if you if they're looking for a starter, I'm not sure if they would consider Alex Caruso a starter. I don't think they would, but you never know. I think if you attached him and I'm not sure who else, I think if you attached a couple of second round picks, you, you could get a PJ Tucker and maybe they do throw at Danielle House. I mean, he's he when he gets going, he is a really proficient three-point shooter. PJ Tucker has shown himself to play, you know, he can play the three, he can play the four, he can play the five on just about every single possession he's on the floor for. So that would be an interesting move. Again, if you attach a THT and a Caruso with a, a, a reasonable contract, I could see Charlotte pulling the trigger and letting you have a Terry Rozier. That's a name to keep in mind under the radar that Charlotte may be looking to deal because they have to open up huge amount of cap space for <laughs> Mello now and try and build around his skill set and you know Terry Rozier is a nice player for them but they need more in the way of defense to surround the Mello ball I agree with you on that they're a very guard heavy team when Devontae Graham comes back and he's healthy now you've got a situation where you have four possibly five guards deep in Charlotte and you've got Malik Monk, who is now, after so many years of being a what considered a draft bust, is finally exploding out there as a six-man type of deal that I'm not sure that they want to now get rid of because he's playing so well. But then again, Devontae Cram comes back. Where does he play? Where does he fit? So they will have some questions when Devontae Graham comes back. And right around the trade deadline, it might, might look like that one or two of those cars might be being traded for either big man help or defensive help like you were talking about. Laker Tom, who is it that you're eyeing on the trade market? <laughs> well, I'm lying, eyeing almost everybody who's out there, to be honest with you, Gerald. I know. Well, you're the, you're the man of many trades. Some of them are good. I'll prioritize the trades that I think are really important. My feeling is that the Lakers definitely need to have a third superstar. <laughs> you don't want to go into face the face the Brooklyn Nets with their three superstars with uh, just two superstars because you'll be playing the whole game two against three or one against two. So my top priority probably would be Victor Oladipo. And primarily because, I, and the reason I'm choosing him over the other guys that I'm going to mention is that he's a guard. And right now, if we go in with, KCP and Dennis Schroeder, we're going to give up 29 points per game against 
Kyrie Irving and James Harden. That 29 points is almost an insurmountable number to really go in and try to make up with it. So he's probably at the top of my list and he's definitely going to be traded. And I think he's, I've looked at, I've watched the videos of him and I've looked at his stats. The only thing that is subpar at this point in time really are his shooting percentages. And I'd love to see how those percentages would work out as a third option on the Lakers. The other guy that I, I love and I think is, is a real under the radar opportunity is Miles Turner. Miles Turner is the perfect uh, modern center. He can block shots. He's quick enough to defend small men and switch. And he shoots threes. And he would be the perfect player to play in the front court with uh, uh, Anthony Davis. Um, and he basically, the whole situation at Indiana is that they have not been able to be successful playing Sabonis and Turner on the floor at the same time. It's really deteriorated month by month. And they need to put Sabonis at the five and they need to trade Turner because he's making a starter salary. So he's the second one. And then the third one is uh, is not as good a guard situation as getting a young player like Oladipo, who's only 28. But the word is that Kyle Lowry may be looking, may be traded from the Raptors. I know Sean's shaking his head, but, but there's been a lot of talk about happen. him. There's been a lot of talk about him. Well, it's it's up to Kyle. I think it's more situations up to no, Kyle no, because I, it's, it's I, such a face for the franchise. Yeah, I, go ahead. I just wanted to interject. Bobby was on the Toronto radio this evening, and he said that there's the Toronto Raptors are not moving Kyle Lowry. He's going to remain a Raptor until the end of the season. There's a lot of people who say that and then trade a guy a week later. Yeah, that's true too. I I think it, like he said, his mm. contributions to the franchise have been so great. I think it's up to Kyle if he wants to go ahead and say, you know yeah. what, I don't think Toronto's at where the stage where they need to be. I want to help out Toronto now. I mean, I want to help out Toronto with the you know with their future, and I want to go ahead and help myself now with getting on a championship level team. So. I think uh, as we get Sean back here in a few minutes, I think that's a good suggestion as well. Jamie, you already mentioned, or did you mention your suggestions yet on trades? Is there a I trade did not. Go, I did go, not. go for it. Cool. cool, thank you. I mean, I... <laughs> Targeting I, right now. Lockdown. I think that, I mean, for the trades, I, the players that I want to trade are players everybody knows we want to trade because of, they're going to be hard for us to hold on to the offseason. I'm not so high on trading the KCPs, even, even though he's underperformed or the Kyle Kuzmas because they, I mean, I'd be open to trading Kyle because you're going to need to include somebody like him to make a trade go down. And Tom with the button. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I I don't, I I know I just, to Sean's point about Kyle Lowry, there's an article that came out a couple hours ago on uh, where it's Kyle Lowry himself is not expected to be traded before the deadline. It sounds like so. I think that the idea that it's up to Kyle is exactly right. Uh, I think there's a big part of him that probably wants to retire in Toronto, like pull a Kobe and just be the first player ever to retire as a Toronto Raptor, like, you know, be a Toronto Raptor for this entirety of their career. Whether that holds true or not remains to be seen. You know, things change as you as you, as you you move through your life. Uh, there's no saying. I would like to see Kyle Lowry as a Laker more than I would like to see Victor Oladipo, just because I consider Kyle Lowry to be more durable. But I think Oladipo is actually probably the better fit for our culture because he's a, he's a two-way guy. He, he plays when he's healthy and when he's motivated, he plays great defense. And I feel like he would at the very least be motivated. The healthy part for me is still a pretty big question mark. It's hard to say when you play on a bad team, it's easy to put up numbers uh, we've seen that on the Lakers and prior to LeBron coming here and even LeBron's first year, you know, there's just one of those, it's, 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 somebody's got to shoot the ball, right? <laughs> somebody's got, you know, you're not going to not shoot the ball just because nobody's a great player. So I, I, I think that all of those players are gettable. I think that we're probably going to have to overpay a little bit to get them. I don't think, first off, I still think there's a lot of, I don't want to trade with Rob Palenka out there in the NBA. Um, I think there's, we know as Laker fans that there's certainly a Laker bias that would, you know, can I trade him to this team and not LA? Great. I'm doing it. You know, I, so I, I think that's going to factor into it a little bit. 
I don't necessarily have a trade target. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like, I like Tom's Oladipo trade. I love the, the Devontae Graham trade. And I feel like that's kind of the most, like, gettable uh, because of the situation in Charlotte, because of the free agency status of Graham and the fact that they're not going to, like, break the bank to keep a guy like that who they're having success without. These teams that don't make the playoffs every year, and especially these small market teams that don't make the playoffs every year, unless it's going to save them a boatload of money and you're not saving money in the trade market, unless you're trading with Boston, because that's where the exception comes into play. You're not going to just sabotage yourself right before the playoffs and like disrupt your whole roster. If it's working right now, I feel like teams like, and like, you know, New York is not a small market team, but New York hasn't been in the playoffs so long that I, I have a hard time seeing these teams like saying like, well, you know what, this is working. Now let's change it which it's possible, right? It's the NBA. Anything can happen. That's just how I feel about it, being being the casual fan and uh, semi-avid sport for a person that I am. So, uh, you know, if I, my trade targets are a lot more unrealistic. It's, I would like to see us get uh, – I mean, I know it's not going to happen. I would love for us to get like a Patty Mills, who's from a defense culture like the Spurs, who takes threes and makes threes, but does it within like a system? Isn't just a gunner. I don't, we got gunners. Kyle Kuzma's a gunner. KCP's a gunner. We got guys that are willing to put it up. They're just not making them, and they do. They're not doing it within the system right now. So that's where I kind of, I have the bigger issue with our current roster is that, especially in Pope's case, I, I don't understand where the struggle is. Like you had success in the system. And I have to attribute it to a physical de- uh, deficiency of some sort, whether his ankle's not right, which would explain a lot because your ankles are all up in the jump shot. And that's sort of where I'm coming from on the trade market. I almost never want to make trades. Tom can attest to this. I almost never want to make trades. <laughs> I like to roll it back. I like to run it back. I like to, you know, I like the guys that are on the team. But I also know that it's a business that the, and that ch- turnover in the NBA is part of the business. It's, it's, and it's big business. There's a huge, the trade market, coverage is going to start blowing up now that the all-star game's over and it's going to be every every day who's going where what's going to happen i heard this you know the skip baylesses are going to go crazy all the talking heads are going to pontificate there to the end of the day so i I prefer to let them do that i'll be curious to see you know i'm a little more curious to see what happens on the buyout market we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But I think first off, when you talked about San Antonio, and I'll get to you sec, Sean, is that when it comes to San Antonio, I said earlier this season that I thought they should look at one way or the other. And it's definitely now that what they're playing, they're in the top eight right now. So they're not going to trade Patty Mills. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to trade Patty Mills. I think also DeMar DeRozan's going to stay because he's playing yes. at an all-star level. You already hear LaMarcus Aldridge rumors because they think, you know, they can get something for him and they can get rid of him and it really won't hurt him because you know, he's not played a, a he's great not playing. Time. Yeah. No, and and same playing. thing with Rudy Gay. I think Rudy Gay either will be traded or be on the buyout market because he's someone that fits along those same parameters who can still play decent defense and shoot three pointers. So I'd be cool with if Rudy Gay got bought out, I'd be cool if the Lakers made a move for Rudy Gay. I'd be yeah. I'd be fine with that. I just don't see Mills and DeRozan being traded no, like no. I once did. I mean, when the Lakers went into San Antonio, beat them two straight, I think that was the time where they were really on a down part of yeah. their their season. But they've managed to go ahead and Popovich has weaved his magic and do using that young lineup to go ahead and believe in themselves. And they're now playing at a level that's playoff level. So obviously you have to go ahead and play from there. Should go ahead, Sean. Uh, I want you to go ahead and touch on whichever you need to touch on before we go ahead and finish out our great conversation. Yeah, Gerald, I was just going to piggyback of what uh, Jamie was saying. Uh, you know, another option in the trade market you see over the years has been the, the disappointments trade. This guy disappointed for this team. He's traded to that team for a guy who disappointed for them. And normally what happens is 
one of those players finds a way to click in a new situation. I'll give you a perfect example. Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless before the, the pandemic was was a coveted asset on the trade market. He was considered a three and D guy. And now he's running on the bench in Miami. He can't find minutes on that team. So you could pick up the phone and, and inquire, you know, maybe you want to trade a Wes Matthews for Mo Harkless and give Mo a shot because in a new situation, I, I think he could be a shot in the arm. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a good suggestion right there. I was also thinking Orlando, I've said this before, Evan Fournier and also Kim Birch. I think a package for those two might help out the Lakers not only on the defensive end, but get Laker Tom somewhere a little bit closer as far as an individual in Fonia who loves to take threes. So that might get them a little bit better as far as volume threes are concerned. But Jamie, you had one thing you want to interject before we, uh, just a quick, just a quick, no, just a quick thing. LaMarcus Aldridge is officially not returning to the Spurs. Uh, They are working on a trade for him. So that's, um, or a buyout. Yeah. yeah. According or a to buyout. the uh, reading the article, it sounds like they don't want to do a buyout. They want to do no. right by they want to be right by LMA. I would imagine he would go to Boston at that point because you basically just have to say like, give us well, like that guy who does with that twenty million dollars. Well, but uh, wait, wait, hold on. When you say a buyout, you don't necessarily have to give up money. I mean, it could be the, right after the trade deadline, and you just go ahead and say, you know what, you, we will pay you off for the rest of your contract. Sure. And now no, you go. Right. So that that's that's what happens. That's what I'm talking about. LMA. If they can't get a deal done, he might be gone by the buyout time. Anyways, they don't have to pay. He doesn't have to get back a dime, and he could still be traded. You know, if people don't see his value, it's just a matter of right now. Who's yeah, but only to a team that's got space. Only to a team yeah. that's got space. Yeah, and I mean that's or true. Trade but, exception. Yeah, or your trade right. except, but who? It's all dependent on if right now who, how you perceive Lamarcus Aldridge at this point of his career. So but, none of you guys. He would help Boston as an anemic center. Yeah, something like that. But I, you know, can he still play the five? We'll have to wait and see. But Tom, go ahead before we head on to the. None of you guys seem to feel like the Lakers need. Man, that's why I differ dramatically from you. Right now, if you look around at the power rankings, almost everybody has the Nets above the Lakers. There are some of the power rankings that actually have the Lakers down at like seven or eighth or ninth, and it for good reason. Because we've shown that we've got two major flaws. We can't shoot the three, and we can't protect the rim. Now that's, when you look at those two things together, those are pretty big flaws. And they aren't going to disappear with the existing team we have because the only way they're going to improve their three-point differential is to shoot a lot of threes, and you just don't change the nature of the team so that you all of a sudden have guys who are, taking two or three threes a game takes six or seven or seven or eight. You need to change your roster. And you can't protect the rim when you don't have anybody big to do that. So you still need to change the roster. So my whole position is that the Lakers will make a trade. They will do everything they can to fill those two holes because they know that Brooklyn, everybody probably but the Clippers who have sort of said that they're going to stay with what they're going. Everybody else is going to be looking, and there's going to be a lot of action between the teams. Denver's going to get somebody. The Jazz are going to get somebody. All of these teams, Philadelphia's going to get somebody. The Nets are going to get some more help. So the Lakers can't stand Pat, or their odds of winning a championship are going to decline. Sean, go ahead real quick, because I really want to touch on this last subject, because I know we have to run per inch real quick. Go ahead. Sure, Gerald. I'll make it real quick. I, I, I really want to clear up an assumption out there because there's a bad syllogism going on with uh, Lakers Twitter right now and social media, and um, I, I'd like to clear it up. Seedings don't matter. Then it was seedings matter because uh, AD is hurt. The problem with that theory is um, what Tom was talking about. People assume that James Harden is going to be something different than what he's been in the playoffs. He's been a disappointment in the playoffs. And he's 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 fitting in well with that team. But stylistically, he hasn't changed anything. And I don't and I feel the same way you do, Gerald. I don't see a big difference. 
I see maybe the Nets taking the Lakers to a seventh game in the NBA Finals if they met. That that's a distinct possibility, but I don't see this team defeating the Lakers in a in a matchup. Well, we'll see so what I'm happens. Assuming, yeah, I'm not assuming that Harden. Harden is a point guard now, forward. not a shooting guard on that team. It doesn't matter on that team. They're they're, yeah. they're all they're all the alpha A one. They're A one, A two, and A three in the steak sauce aisle. Yeah, and I know Philly and Milwaukee will also have something to say about it as well. I know Jamie's leaning towards Philly at this point in time. I'm still leaning towards Brooklyn, but we'll get into those discussions as we get closer to the end of the season. I think we'll really have some in-depth conversations. But before we head on out, because I know we got to run real quick, please check out the great articles that Laker Tom has at Lakerholics.com and also his Medium.com site. Five great things from Jamie Sweets also is there on Lakerholics.com. And please be part of our Facebook group, Lakerholics. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, also does a ton of stuff at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, I really want to touch on this subject, and that is this. And this is not only ongoing and should stay ongoing as far as the league's concentration on helping out the Black Lives Matter movement as far as going ahead and fighting for racial equality. But... You know, we've seen in the past couple months, and I know Laker Tom and I have discussed this off air, is the growing trend and the growing problem of the rise in, uh, you know, hate crimes against uh, the Asian American individuals in this country. And I'm just really, it just irritates me to no end, just like it did last year. And I was very emotional last year as far as discussing the issue of the Black Lives Matter movement, how important it is to everyone out there that we have equality in our world. But Magic Man, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to close that with Laker Tom after Jamie. Real quick, Magic Man, your thoughts on if the, the NBA should do something similar, and as well, as well as they're keeping on with the Black Lives Matter movement and keeping on with that message that they should continue to send out as far as, the, the again, the, the things that they need to do for the African-American community. But I also think they need to send out messages for the Asian-American community as well. Absolutely, Gerald. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not violating any laws here, but uh, unfortunately, I have been to a couple calls where uh, uh, Asian has been assaulted, and it's been a hate crime. It's just it's that simple, and it makes me sick. I saw a recent report on CNN that showed the brutal assault of a couple men who are just minding their own business. And, it makes me sick, and I really do think that Adam Silver owes it to the community to make it make it a a, a priority, along with Black Lives Matter. I I agree with you, and I agree with Tom on that sentiment. You know, this is something, Jamie. I want to go ahead and say, you know, this is something we were on as much as we can, and. You know, you got to credit the NBA at that time. They did a lot towards it. I still think they could have done more, and I still think they can do more today. And they are doing some things that are stepping in those directions. And I do want them to do more as far as for the African-American community out there, not to mention the fact that there's only less than a third. Coaches out there are African-American, and that's still very troubling to me. But getting into what we're talking about as far as being a better representative for the African-American community that the NBA should do and continue to do, I think they need to send a better message of hope and of unity with the Asian American community as well. I agree. I mean, as, let's put it this way. The human species is inherently flawed. Uh, there will always be flaws in all the things we do as humans. But what also makes us human is us striving to overcome those flaws and trying yeah. to improve on those flaws and moving past a world where those flaws are assumed as just part of the rigmarole of day-to-day life. You know, it's it's... That's that's what is the most toxic when it's when it's def- when it's put out when the defense is well this is just how it is or this is how it's always been that to me is a, a, a ludicrous defense for everything. Uh, Tom used to argue vigorously that the idea that the three pointer is more important just because it's always been a two point game was one of the things that you know it, it, I think he argued about it for about a half century. A lot of that logic is borne out, and so you know there will always be something that holds our societies back. A shout out to Jeremy Lin, not just for like having the courage to speak up, uh, speak up about it, but also for like honoring the NBA code, like on, like not angering the basketball gods, being like, you know, being a part of the NBA brotherhood and saying like, I'm not going to throw whoever it was under the bus. Like, that's not who I am. I have a lot of respect for that. Some people might look at that as like, 
maybe he's hiding or like whatever. Doesn't want, I don't think that's what it is. I think he's being a stand-up guy and being the bigger, better human, the bigger man, the better human. I have a lot of respect for that sort of thing. And I have no respect for anybody who who uses those sorts of who uses language in that way to, to, to take away from other people, like the human language when deployed accurately and with, and with, and with positive intent is such a beautiful thing. All, all languages are not just English, all languages are, all cultures are. And this, this idea that Americans have more than most other countries, not exclusively, but that somehow, you know, there are races that aren't, or uh, there are people who aren't like worth, the effort or worth the time or like worthy of even hearing from or, or is to me absurd. And so I, I, I look at what the NBA does as great steps in the right direction. Everybody can do more. Everybody can, can take it upon themselves to be better in the of themselves, but also to hold their friends and family to higher standards. Nothing's going to change if that doesn't happen. The NBA can do all the great and wonderful things in the, in the universe. It can throw all the money at HBCUs. It can put whatever it wants on the court. It can put whatever it wants on the back of a jersey. It still won't change people. It'll just be showing a great level of solidarity, which I think is important, but it won't be the, we will be the change. The NBA will not be the change. All right. Last but certainly not least, Laker Tom, this is an issue that's important to me because I am married to an Asian woman who is an American citizen. And I also have two kids of Asian American descent. Now, I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is really important to me that they live in a world of equality. In an area that you live in of the country that has been stricken hard by this rise and hate towards Asian Americans, I know this is something on a very personal nature for you as well. Well, you know, it's it's funny to think that Jeremy Lin could be called COVID Willie's on the court playing I a know. game of basketball. Or that Miles Leonard could could use a, a derogatory term toward toward a Jewish person. You know, you, you think that we're making progress and then you realize that some wow. of these things are just so embedded into our society and such. You wonder why I never raised my hand like Sean does. It's because I was the only Chinese kid in every school that I grew up in in grade school. And I heard enough of the Willy Wong, Charlie Chan jokes and got in enough fights that I was never going to be that Chinese kid in the back of the room who raised his hand up politely. I went to the front of the room and I spoke up. And that's the way I've led my life ever since. I don't claim to have suffered from racism the way that many of my black friends have been. But my grandfather came over to this country as a coolie working on the railroads and sending his money back home to Gold Mountain. And, you know, it just really infuriates me. It took me a long time to become proud to be half Chinese. And for a good portion of my early years, I was embarrassed and ashamed of it and punched out anybody that would ever remind me of that. So I think the NBA owes it to, in the case of whether it's against blacks, whether it's against Asians, whether it's against Jews, whether it's against Muslims, I don't care. We're all people and you better treat everybody in the same manner and have the same sense of fairness and justice. And we don't have that in this country. And sadly, there is a whole lot of leaders in this country who don't even think it, that it's important. And I'll tell you what, I'm not firing Laker Tom anytime soon. I was going to say, we yeah. brought it right back to the comments from before yes. with this, like, yes. I'm going <laughs> to. I mean, yeah. I, and, you know, listen, you got I something to that say thing. in this country. You better speak up or you're not going to be heard. Nope, I agree. And I've told Sean the same thing huh? half a dozen times. Break in when you got something to say. Don't sit back there and just wait. I don't know what it is with you polite Canadians. But break in, Sean. Break in, Sean. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, but uh before you head out, Gerald, because I know I know you're short on time. Just really quickly, I'm I'm working on uh on a Magic Man six seed race. Who would be your pick right now? Gerald, Tom, Jamie, just real quick. Six For seed six man? Yeah, no, no, six, six seed. Succeed. Oh, Miami, Miami's in the sixth seed right now in the East. I'm going to go with New York and San Antonio. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Ooh. And, you know, I'm going to say Dallas. Bold. Bold. Gerald Glassford is bold right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'll go with New York and Dallas. Those would be my favorites to see. Wait, wait a minute. We're Charlotte right now. 
State being the plan. I'll go with Charlotte then for sure. They're my league path other team. Some great thoughts right there from Sean Rice, a.k.a. Magic Man, Laker Tom, and Jamie Sweet. If you have any opinions or questions on us, you can always go ahead and reach out to us at Lakers Fast Break, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, or the best place to share your opinion. You can also do it on a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. As we noted, we went ahead and said it today. Lakerholics.com, though, we really do want you to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, it's a great conversation. I will see all of you on Friday after the Lakers game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.